depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place, therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. Hey, 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 sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. I'm your host, Katie Dahl, and I am so glad that you made it to my little corner of the internet. Uh, If it's your first time here, come on in. The water's warm. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you're coming back, thank you so much for thinking that I'm cool enough to hang out with for another hour. Um, Please leave a review and share this with a friend who might enjoy it. So also, if it's your first time here, you might be a little confused because you might think that I am a doctor. I promise you I'm not. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice or therapy. I'm just someone who really, really cares about your mental health because I'm fucked up too. And I think that we all need to feel a little bit less alone about all the weird brain stuff that we've got going on. So with that being said, uh, what have I got for you today? Today we have Joe Cabello co-host of the Shut Up, I Love It podcast, as well as a comedian and writer. We talk about Star Wars as it relates to mental health, how to deal with anxiety through therapy and empowering ourselves to have the tools to be able to manage all of that on our own as well, couples therapy, and his recent proposal. Yes, that's right. He got engaged recently and he actually shares all of the details of how it happened. And I am a mushy, softy, romantic person. So I'm really happy that he felt comfortable enough to share that with me and with all of you. Uh, And also, before we get to the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, BetterHelp. You can get 10% off of your first month of therapy at betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash cryingbehindpod. In case you haven't heard me talk about them, I'll just give you a quick little explainer. They are the best and biggest online counseling service that exists right now and what I love about them is that you can take a quiz and they will match you with a therapist that meets your needs and you can talk to that therapist over video, phone, texting, at all hours of the day which is very different than a regular therapist where you can only see them once a week and you don't get to text them. This is really cool. So yeah, definitely a great site to check out, a great resource, and it's not just for individuals. You can also go there for couples therapy, whatever it is that you need, uh, betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. All right, now I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is an old friend of mine from UCB. He's a comedian and a writer. Uh, he is the host of Shut Up, I Love It podcast. He recently had a comic that came out called Bottoms Up Hard Liquor. It's an 80s slasher where the killer is actually a bottle of booze. Please welcome Joseph Cabello. What's up? And shout out to Sasha Filer, my co-host of Shut Up, I Love It. Just want to 
make sure she's heard and seen. Yes. And yes, she is a. Sorry, I should have said co-host. No, not not your <laughs> fault. Uh, I for a second wanted to take all the credit for that podcast, but I decided in the final moments I would not. So charitable of you. Yeah. As long as we land on charitable, we're good. Even if my intention originally was evil. Yeah. It's a really cool podcast. I was listening to it uh, today while I was like getting ready to interview you. And I was listening to, there's one episode uh, about letter writing that was really interesting and how like that's taken off during the pandemic as like a more personal method of communication. Mm -hmm. Did that inspire you to start writing more letters? Uh, not so much, but kind of I had already been a little bit in that mode of uh, writing letters more so because like I've been just doing a bunch of packages for my comic book. And anytime somebody buys a paperback, I custom draw a little card and a little note. So and put stickers, you know, all that stuff. So it's very fun. So I've always liked doing that and not so much like letter writing, but maybe doing a little drawing and putting little cards and things and mailing them off to friends. I like doing that stuff and sending them gifts. Yeah, yeah it feels sentimental. I feel like when I was a kid and I would be at sleepaway camp, like getting a care package from your mom and there's always a note. Yeah. Um, it was always, it was very exciting. Like my mom, her whole thing, she would always, um, she wore the same shade of Mac lipstick forever and she would, she would kiss the, the letter. That was her oh, signature. The signature, yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> I don't do that. I just don't uh, have the Mac lipstick, the right Mac lipstick. We we gotta get we gotta find the perfect shade for you. I'm looking for it, but it's <laughs> it's tough. My lips are naturally red, bright red, so. I, you know, I, it, th- that's true. But like, you're blessed, honestly. Maybe you don't even need it. But also, uh, listeners, if you're out there. And, you know, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i post a video clip of me and Joe, whatever our favorite part of the show is. If you could figure out what his his ideal shade of MAC lipstick would be, you know. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> Let saves us me know. a trip. <laughs> saves me a big trip in the mall, which so, I haven't been to the mall in a while, so. Yeah, I've gone a few times recently uh, now that I feel a little more safe and things are opening up, and it's, it's exhilarating, to be honest. <laughs> It is. Yeah, it's it's I've uh, fully vaccinated now. So I've gone out more and there is a lot of exhilaration with with like just sitting somewhere. In yeah. Public. Yeah. Um, I went and visited cool. my grandma over the weekend and we sat inside of a restaurant to go eat. And I was like, this is this is wild. It feels <laughs> it's the same rush as like doing something illegal. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the forbidden things, but it's not. I mean, it's fine now. Uh, Like you said, now if you're vaccinated, it's like, okay, well, I guess we can go do things now. So I was going to actually ask you, uh, since you've stepped into my virtual unlicensed therapy office, welcome. (laughs) Mental health check-in. Joe, how are we feeling today? Today uh, was a little overwhelmed. Uh, It's a lot of work deadlines coming around from many different directions. So that was kind of on my mind today, but throughout the day, it's been pretty fine. Pretty chill. And it usually is. How do you deal with that when you have a million deadlines and like different things that are all coming up at once? Like, do you have an organizational technique for your workflow? My overall thing, and I'm kind of lucky that a lot of my work is different, so I can it's not just like, let's say I was writing just articles, right, of anything could be news articles let's say I was doing that which I don't I would I would hate doing that anyways but if I was doing just that all day 
and you know 10 hours a day that's hard but if like i get to do a little bit of lettering comics uh, for one thing then write a script and then do this other thing i just follow the fun and I, I'll sit there and I'll be like, it's been an hour of me working on this thing and I have not done shit. I'm like working at 5%. Mm-hmm. Why even waste my time? This is a waste of time. So then I'll move on to something else that's more fun. And then you hit it, you know, 200%. And then you're like, I feel good. And then you go back. Yeah. And you do the thing that sucked. I, I mean, that makes sense. I, I'm also kind of, I've been accused of being a jail of all trades because I have a f- little bit of everything that I do. And I find that just, like you said, following the fun instead of trying to force yourself to do the thing that you hate, at least like you can get a little bit of confidence. You're like, okay, I did this project. I liked it. I completed it. Now I have enough happy juice. <laughs> in my body to take me back to the thing I didn't really want to do, but I can feel a little better about it maybe. Yeah, or maybe you have more energy or the right headspace. The problem with that is like sometimes I'll waste a lot of time on like a personal thing. I'm like, I want to make a Photoshop over this thing. And then I'm like, it's been an hour of me doing <laughs> that. This Photoshop thing that nobody's going to care about. It's like for what? I'm like, what like, like just some sort of gag where you're like Photoshopping maybe, like a Star yeah. Wars meme or something. I'm imagining. I know that you're. Yeah, really it Star takes Wars. me an, an hour <laughs> to create a Star Wars meme on average. <laughs> Sometimes five, other times less. Uh, no, but that or like an ad for my comic book or something. Okay. You know, that I'm just like, oh, that seems like a good idea. I should do it now. Mm-hmm. Why not? And then it's like, yeah, this is very fun. But <laughs> what have I done, actually? I mean, you, there, there is value to fun also. Yeah, and it's not like we're we're talking about in that example. It's like I'm making, I'm designing an ad, so it's like okay, this is killing two birds with one stone. But it, that happens a lot where it's like, oh, I'm my friend uh, posted a video clip. I'm gonna sample the audio and make a rap song for him. And it's like, why did I spend forty five minutes on this thing for one person? But also, that's a beautiful thing to do. Now that I'm hearing it out loud, it is beautiful. I mean, it sounds like you're a good guy to have as a friend. Also. Speaking of Star Wars, uh, if my listeners haven't read them, they should. Uh, you have Star Wars parodies that are out on Amazon. Mm-hmm. The Farts Awaken yeah. and Scrote One. Yes. And they're like it's... in screenplay format, so they're super easy to read. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, and I was wondering, like, have you always been into it since you were a kid? Did you get into it as an adult? And like, what drew you to Star Wars initially? Yeah, as a kid, for sure, you know, the uh, VHSs of the original trilogy and then on to the prequels when those came out. Um, so pretty much from a kid. And I, I would say it's waned a little bit, but I think it's kind of like with the Marvel stuff. I don't think at this point you could say, like, I love Star Wars and expect that to mean I love every single thing Star Wars. No, of Same course. thing with Marvel. And there was a time where I think that was true of Star Wars. It was like, oh, there's six movies. I love Star Wars. And then it's like, okay, there's six movies and three shows. Yeah. Okay, now there's nine movies. Now there's 12 movies and eight shows. It's like there's going to be something that sucks. Uh, so that's kind of where I land with it now. I'm like, I like the stuff that I like, but like they announced some Star Wars stuff now, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, you're, you're, sometimes you're just like, all right, well, I, I don't have to like everything, everything in this category of stuff. Yeah, it's too big. Weird thing, but, like, part of the reason I brought up Star Wars, other than you, like, 
writing all these parodies of it is also I feel like Yoda is kind of like an OG meditation and mental health icon in my opinion like you know always with you what cannot be done like there's no try there's only do like all these Mm. mantras and now it's like all those things he says people would just turn that into like a self-help affirmation and put it up on instagram right yeah yeah just without the yoda speak but you're like yeah that's that's yoda (laughs) Uh, but i'm and george lucas was drawing on so much of like eastern philosophies and and things like that so it's kind of uh i i love I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I love delving into anything that's uh, mental health, spiritual guidance, just things that lay it out simple, like Yoda. Yeah, absolutely. You just see echoes of it all, and it all makes so much sense, and it's all so simple, like Yoda. It is. Like when you get into all this stuff. Um, And I feel like you need to feed yourself with it constantly. Yeah, and you're you're into martial arts. I feel like that philosophy, that Eastern philosophy of keeping it simple and staying present with yourself and feeling those energies, like that's something you have to do when you're practicing martial arts, right? Yeah, and I would I I do teach it to little kids. I am okay, but uh, <laughs> I I don't want anybody to get too much of the wrong idea of how much of a martial artist I am. Okay. Um, I could probably take you. You could take me, not me you, personally? not you. I mean, any of the, your listeners. Oh, okay, like, but are you black that... belt or like? No, I'm not even a black belt. Okay. I'm just like really good with kids and uh, studied in Taekwondo and a couple other martial arts. So they hired me, and then through teaching it for a decade, you get yeah you, a little I, bit better at it. Um, absolutely. But, <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of that that I have to teach the kids too. Mm-hmm. You know, our promise of the ninja that we say. What is that? What's the promise of the ninja? (laughs) I promise to try my best to listen, treat others with respect, and always tell the truth. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just simple things you you can and should do. Yeah. Um, I think I feel like those hit it pretty well. Yeah, you're treating others with respect. You're listening. I mean, I feel like depending on how young and rambunctious the kids are, that might be a hard promise for them to keep. Well. We don't punish them when they don't. <laughs> well, we do. No, we do, but not forever. And I can't imagine the punishment is probably not that harsh, right? Sit out for five seconds from dodgeball. <laughs> They'll live. Oh, so you guys play dodgeball too. It's not just martial arts. Yeah, and to get into that, it's a really cool program. I'll be leaving them soon just to – It's my writing stuff is just taking too much time. Mm-hmm. But um, – yeah, it's really cool because I feel like a lot of martial arts can be a little too stuffy for young kids. Mm-hmm. They go there and they're like, oh, I signed up and it wasn't fun. It was like us sitting or standing around training technique after technique. So this company was like, oh, we want to make it fun. Let's teach the moves through uh, games and use games to drill them and stuff. So there's plenty of like, we're just standing there doing punches and kicks, but... There's also like, let's play dodgeball and like, oh, make sure you use this dodge this round to to dodge the ball. That's smart because you're gamifying it and like everybody has a different way that they're able to absorb information or learn. And I feel like especially with kids, if you turn it into a game, like that's an easy way to trick them into learning something. Everybody loves games, too. I play the games when I do a birthday party. The adults jump in on the games and you should see their faces light up. It's like. Adults need to play some more games. Yeah. You know what? You're right. I think, like, 
people kind of talk badly about like, oh, that guy just sits on his couch all day playing video games. But like the people who are criticizing, have you actually tried doing that as an adult, like playing a game? Like it actually takes a lot of concentration Mm -hmm. and it's problem solving and it's fun. Yeah. And I even mean just like I agree with you with that because I think games now are like super complex. And yeah, the kids who are playing Fortnite, it's like they're building things while defending themselves Mm -hmm. with a gun. It's pretty crazy. But I mean, just like get your friend if you're 35, 40, however old you are, grab a ball with your friend, just a beach ball. And like, let's go to the grass and like just play keep it in the air. Just do that. Like, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what what games do I usually play with my friends? I mean, I don't play enough. That's probably that's a that's a problem. We need yeah. to fix this. Yeah, it's really I I'm lucky cuz for my job it was that. And I do it all Zoom now, so uh-huh. it's not it, there is a lot taken out of that, but I mean like every 5 days a week I was just playing yard games. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, think it's... the kind of games that I play with my friends are more intellectual like improv games, you know. Yeah, I would say keep keep the ball up, keep the balloon up, see what <laughs> see what happens. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, for my friend came over for his birthday a week or two ago, and I had this dog toy that's mm-hmm. a misshapen ball. So you throw it, and it just goes crazy ways. So we just set up some of these rings I have, and it's like okay, two points if you get that ring, two points if you get that one, three if you get that one, and we played for an hour and a half, <laughs> just throwing this ball. I think total we scored two points because the game was brutally hard. But there we are, just like this tactile thing, having fun. And like, I wouldn't say this is a game you have to play. It's so fun. But it was super memorable for us just because it was play. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a novel thing, especially for adults, because the socially accepted version of fun for adults a lot of times just revolves around like drinking like oh let's go grab a drink at a bar but like really what are you doing you're literally just sitting across from your friend drinking and talking Mm. and like i mean i guess it is fun for a while but then eventually you're like all right well we've caught up about everything on our lives we told some jokes Mm. now what what's yeah (laughs) what's the activity and the the uh physical activity can lube up the conversation as much as the alcohol too and not yeah. that I'm like a guy, I'm drinking a Bloody Mary right now. It's not like I'm saying don't go out and drink with your yeah. friends. So, uh, but I think it's more, for me, I've found the value of that, like forcibly through the job in the last decade. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, people need to get on this. Adults need to get on this. We need to stop like laughing at a group of, you know, older people giggling in the park, throwing things at each other. Like, no, that's really cool when I see that. Yeah. Yeah, I like doing, like, um, air hockey or pool if I see it at a bar. That's always fun. Speaking of things that make us feel better, I always ask all of my guests this. Hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. So, Joe, you have a bad day, uh, whether that's, like, you turn in a script and it doesn't get good notes or uh, maybe those kids weren't listening to you. Whatever a bad day looks like for you. Uh, when you come home, what is a way that you're going to turn your mood around? Hmm. I would say like physically, uh, there's physically and there's mentally because okay. I think there's physical things you could do. Um, and 
it's been weirder in the pandemic because you don't leave work if you're working from home like me. Sure. And I so we transition will... from the desk to the couch or the bed, maybe. Because yeah. <laughs> at least, yeah, you could be like, oh, I was in the office. And then you get in your car, listen to some music. Then you're home and you're like, well, at least I'm home. And things kind of shift. That can maybe be harder at home. But I think with anything, energy, there's energy around you. Have you ever had like a shitty conversation with your significant other? And it's <laughs> like, okay, it ended. It ended. It, we're not still in the fight, but like the energy is still there. And yeah. you try to keep, you try to still be in the room and do your thing. No, like you need to leave. You need to like both get up and go to the other room for a while because that energy is still there. So one thing is like wherever you are, leave. Because like it's a, it's a, I see it as a physical thing. The whatever bad energy is there, it's still sitting there. And you might be over it, but you're marinating in it. Step out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, I can definitely relate to that because I moved in with my significant other uh, during the pandemic, and it is tough when you're living with someone and you have a fight because you know, even if people are in the happiest relationship in the world, you're gonna disagree at some point. That's normal. It's healthy. Yes. But I think what what is really the game changer is like okay. Once you have that disagreement, then how do you move forward? And I think mm -hmm. reclaiming your own space, like you're saying, like going out into the other room um, is really it, that that's like a great, a great thing. I'll usually like I'll take a walk with my dog. Or yeah, that's a great like that. even together. Like, hey, let's together even move out of the space mm -hmm. and, and take a walk outside, whatever. Like walks are the key to everything, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the key to life. The biggest reset. the key to life. How so? <laughs> like anytime something's happening, you can't think of something, you are in a, have a, pro a problem with your head, whatever it is, go take a walk. At least do that. Like I guarantee that will fix nine times out of ten <laughs> what's going on. And not fix it because nothing is ever fixed because nothing's ever broken. But it's you're going to feel better. At yeah. Least, and think yeah. through it. Have um, you ever dealt with like depression or anxiety? Uh, more anxiety, uh, not so much depression, but I was at a job a long time ago now, luckily, that paid well, but it was like I didn't like what we were doing. I felt we were kind of swindling people in a way. I was having to, I was really good at my job, and my job was uh, sometimes to convince people to keep paying us money. <laughs> Even though you knew you were being, that you were like kind of yeah. getting them into a bad deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you're good at that and people are like, all right, you got to do it again. And you're like, okay. And I was getting just heart issues, uh, you know, huge panic attacks, things like that. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if it stemmed from that because like, or if that was the moment that I really keyed into it. Because I went to the doctor, they're like, that's anxiety, that's panic attacks, all that. Um, and then I've been more, I think, just more cognizant of it. And mm -hmm. I think it's, I've always been anxious, just, uh, you don't think about it. Or, you know, it's not in the discussion. Oh, it's absolutely. Not in, like, I mean, the world I, discussion. you're speaking to someone else who's diagnosed with anxiety. So you're, you're, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, there was a time where you didn't even know that was a word, right? Yes. And then, or it was like a thing that it is, or a panic attack was that. 
Yeah, no, there is a whole, yeah, and like you discover it at different moments. Like, I think if I was raising a kid, I know about it, right? And so I might spot it in the kid, but my parents, like, they didn't know or they didn't Mm -hmm. care or they're focused. Like, uh, my brother has autism and he's uh, had like a lot of challenges when he was a kid. So I was just like, oh, Katie's normal. She's fine. You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's easier to just pass off every thing going on with you yeah they were like as long as she's not like on the the spectrum uh you know and doesn't need you know she's she's talking she's like doing things she's fine you know so it didn't it was again like you it wasn't until i was older that i realized there was a problem and it is kind of a weird situation when you're like oh did this situation bring it on or did it just bring my attention to something that was already within me i I think it's the latter Mm -hmm. but uh yeah I i think so as well for yeah. Me. Yeah. I think and for you. <laughs> for, yeah. I think so for you. <laughs> you think so for me. Good, good, good. Yeah. I mean, once you figured out that you were having that issue, did you go to like a therapist or a regular doctor or what, what was your approach? Uh, at that time, I quit. I, I quit the job. And then okay. luckily they were like, hey, still, please, we still need you. Can you work from home 20 hours a week at least? And I was like, okay. And then I wrote off that job for another couple years working from home, not doing anything. So it really worked out for me. Um, But I quit. I got away from that. And then after that, I was more keyed into just anxiety and like what that was. Sure. And then just, you know, started encountering it with anything and everything. And then uh, for a while, they gave me whatever pill, lozapine or something, but I didn't like taking it. I was like, you know what? I think I could deal with this. And I know that's not the case for everybody. But yeah. for me, I was like, I, I don't, this is like, a, I don't like to put too many things in my body like that uh, if I don't have to. Yeah, So yeah. I said, fuck it, stop taking it. And then I was just like, all right, well, let me figure this out mentally <laughs> if yeah. I can. Yeah, I've gone through different periods of like, I'm a huge advocate for taking meds if you need them and if they help you, but also like not. I've gone through different periods of taking things and not taking things. And sometimes I need it. Sometimes I don't. So that's my thing. But like when you um, decided that you didn't want to take the meds, which is totally a valid decision, what was when you're in that moment that you feel triggered or you feel that anxiety bubbling up? Like, do you tap into your breathing or um, do you have certain mantras that you say to yourself? Uh, Anything that will work. And one of them is breathing. I'll try to just do, you know, long, deep breaths. Sometimes I'll just sleep that way if my head's going um pressure points like the wrist and the the collarbones i'll just press those because i think there's even even if that doesn't if i'm pressing the wrong point (laughs) it's like you're doing something repeatedly that is keeping your mind off of what's going on but i think the the main thing is just realizing like oh this is just a thing that's happening it's not a it's not anything it's like imagine there was like this ghost in your house for a long time you would think it is like a monster that can hurt you Mm -hmm. then once somebody was like no it's just a ghost you're gonna see them but they can't touch you nothing happens then you're like oh okay so when i see that the ghost it's like it's a comfortable feeling now you know you go oh that's just the ghost i know that's the ghost (laughs) i don't like it but I know that it's there. So, like, once yeah. I start to feel anxious, you just ask yourself, okay, what is it? Am I anxious because I'm about to get caught in a lie? Well, then I know what to do. I know yeah. I should fess up. 
Yeah. Or whatever. Or am I just anxious because I woke up that way and like my brain is telling me lies? Because if it's that, then I could just be like, okay, don't believe the lies and just continue going on with what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I love this analogy of the ghost in your house. It's a friendly ghost. And it's and I would actually say it's not. It's not friendly. But it's okay. familiar. Okay. You know what it is. So it's it's yeah. like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. And the, it's not necessarily malicious, but it's it's something that's maybe slightly uncomfortable and you just kind of have to learn to live with it. Yeah, it's not going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Your reaction to it is going to hurt you more than it will. So then you're just like, all right, it's there. Yeah. That really resonates with me, your reaction, because I think that what can happen for a lot of people with anxiety is that like, or depression, whatever it is that you're dealing with, is that you feel bad, then you recognize that you're feeling bad, and then you feel bad about the fact that you feel bad, and then it's like mm-hmm. this whole vicious cycle, that rabbit hole that you can't get out of, yeah. versus just seeing it and being like, oh, okay, this is happening, I, c- I don't have to make it worse by making a huge bad reaction to it. I can just accept it. Yeah. It just is. through it. And then hopefully move on with my life. Yeah. It's like when you have a pain in your body, you know, like before you go to the doctor and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's all these things. And then once you realize it's like, oh, that's just a pain. Then you're like, oh, okay, now I don't give a shit about the pain. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it sucks that it's there, but I'm not worried about it. But I, I, I really think about what you said about the the guilt like of oh now I'm upset that I'm upset type of thing like yeah and that sucks to be in that mentality because I think a lot of people do go to therapy or go um let's say even take medicine and they say oh I'm doing that so I'm not anxious anymore so I won't be anxious no that's not it or that so I won't be sad anymore okay no that's not the point the point is to be comfortable with whatever you are to say, oh, okay, I'm anxious. And now I have the tools to recognize that and then continue on. Not be like, oh, I've been in therapy for a year and I still got anxious for no reason. Oh, it's not working. No, you just recognized it. It is working. Mm. Now you have to do the next thing and say, okay, I know I'm anxious and I know I know myself. I'll be anxious and I'll self-flagulate. So I need to not do that and go take a walk and then do that. It's not going to be, okay, I've hit my 10,000 hours. So now I wake up and I'm never anxious. Like, no, no that's not going to happen. And I think too many people, they, they want it to be that way. They want to stop being the person who's X, Y, Z. And I always use the making your bed analogy. Everybody, like maybe you do like making your bed. Some people do. I do. I think most people... <laughs> Most people don't, you know, Um, but you do it and they're like, well, I want to be the type of person who who likes making their bed. It's like, no, the people who make their bed or like, let's say about 50 percent of them, they just do it. It's not that they suddenly learn to like it and then they change. No, they changed because they just did it because they knew it was better. Yeah. uh, As a person who is a big advocate of making the bed every day, uh. I would say I don't love the process of doing it, but I like it when it's done. And it may, I know that the end mm-hmm. result is going to make me feel better when I walk into that room. Exactly. So and there's a lot of people, they want to wait till the day where they enjoy the process of making the bed. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not it. 
Yeah, yeah. That's actually really profound, too, to, to go back a little bit. It, something that I've heard from my therapist. Um, I actually took a break from therapy recently. I'm not currently seeing her right now, but who knows? It'll happen. Is like, I kind of got to a plateau, and she was like, you know what, Katie? Like, you have gotten all of the strategies and the coping skills and you seem to be managing this really well and that's the goal of therapy is to give you these tools it's not to fix Mm -hmm. you it's just to give you the tools so that you can cope and you can uh you know get through your day without being completely dragged down once when you have one of these um episodes i think the only time i can think of someone being fixed by therapy is if it was like an event like someone died or you went through a breakup and you need Mm -hmm. to process all of that right and that might be a temporary situation for you that can be fixed um or at least you can process it and it won't hurt as much yeah afterwards Um, yeah but it's not going to change your dna and then you you, it's just setting yourself up for failure and then setting yourself up for that guilt cycle Mm -hmm. so don't do that you just need to have the tools like i know that i can tend to get defensive and angry sometimes at people and I know that I'm often wrong uh, in my like defense like I they weren't trying to offend me type sure. of situation and I know that of myself so I was like okay I'm never going to be the guy who doesn't f- get a, a nerve ticked I'm going to be the now the guy who gets a nerve ticked and says I better wait 10 seconds and think <laughs> about this yeah that's what you got to do so I you know, you, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people, maybe not guests of this show, but who knows? And you're just like, oh, shit, you want the wrong thing. Your target is unattainable with mental health. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I I run a support group on Facebook uh, that has the same name as this podcast. And then I also uh, just since starting this podcast, a lot of people will just DM me <laughs> or call <laughs> me with whatever it is they're going through. And I love that. I love holding space for people. But I think it is accurate. Sometimes people have um, an unattainable goal of like, oh, I just want my brain to be normal. Or like, I yeah. don't want to feel weird. It's like, well, you're wired differently. Maybe it's time to just accept that. Find the joy where you can instead of fighting your your nature. If, you, if you're yeah. different, then you're different, and that's okay. And it's also kind of bullshit. It's like, <laughs> you know, that. let's take this, uh, let's call them person X. Sure. I'm looking at person X at a party from across the room, and I'm like, that's a normal person right there. Me, myself, I'm feeling, I feel insecure. No one wants to talk to me, you know, but... They look normal. The person X across the room is looking at me. That person's normal. But me, I'm, you know, it's like, no, you don't know what's going on. You could be sitting across from me right now thinking horrible things. Yes. You most likely are. Because I am. (laughs) Wow. I'm thinking so many terrible thoughts about you, Joe. So I didn't say about me. I just said, oh, wow, you gave it away. I'm sorry. Uh, I just meant in general. But, you know, like, <laughs> there's a storm of emotions. It's not like there, there are some people who go through life just like, okay, uh, eat. Okay, now uh, sleep, you know. But most people are, like, driving saying, okay, if my tire doesn't hit that bump, my family's going to die. You know, everybody's doing that. Everybody is. You're not special. Deal with it. <laughs> 
So sorry for any <laughs> listeners of the show. But, you know, it's like we're all not normal. Don't look at a, a crowd of people and say they're all normal just because you're not hearing every synapse that's firing in their head of insecurity, of hate, of uh, yeah. sadness. I mean, it might be harsh to say like, hey, you're not a special snowflake. Fuck you. But you could also spin that <laughs> around and say like, actually... There's a connection here. Like we're all, we all have something in common. We're all going through the human experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the nice positive way to put it. It's like, no, we're <laughs> all the same. We're all doing it. I mean, yeah, it's... like obviously we all have different backgrounds and we all come from different upbringings and we all have different ethnicities, genders, etc. However, we are human and every human has struggles and has complex emotions uh and thoughts so yeah you're not special for having all of that and maybe (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're fine you're normal that's normal you you know who's not normal is the guy who wakes up eat i need to eat okay now i will wait till next eat like that's (laughs) not normal it's normal to wake up and be like oh god i hope i don't fucking die today I hope mm-hmm. my sister doesn't care. You know, it's like, that's normal. That mm-hmm. is, that's what's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, we just move through it. Because the thing is, if you don't have those dark moments, then you're not going to appreciate all the, the happy moments uh, as much. Yeah. It's all part of it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. it is sour with the sweet. It all tastes delicious to me. I think that might be Ram Dass. Ram Dass. Okay. Sour with the sure. sweet. I'm going to look that up. It's it's a loose, very loose quote. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I always have an episode guide that I put up on my website after the show, so I'll find it. We'll find that quote. We'll yeah, so, so I'll <laughs> see if I can find it. It might not be him. Okay, that's fine. Uh, speaking of delicious and sweet moments, uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on your recent engagement. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. That is very recent. A couple days ago, as of the recording of this podcast. Very exciting. Uh are would you be comfortable sharing with us like how this came to be and like what was the proposal like were you nervous oh gosh yes and uh (laughs) my fiance who i very much enjoy saying that um how long have you been uh, together we've been together five years that's what i was gonna say because i i feel like it's been a while so yeah Mm -hmm. five years okay five years she's uh gonna be a therapist soon she's in school right now so wow i have to talk to her i didn't know that yeah She's legit, too. Very smart with it. Cool. Um, Yeah, I was really nervous to get to that. So I've been, I've had the ring since December. Okay. Um, So, and it's. And it's now May. uh, So it's been five months just sitting on it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, was like, had a hundred different plans, you know, thinking what's going to be the perfect one. Uh, But at the same time, I couldn't wait anymore. There would be nights where we're like chilling and I'm just like I want to go up to the closet get the ring and just Mm. do it right now just because I don't want to wait another second but I was like that's shitty I need to I should make it better than me in sweatpants yes Um, yes no I think it's it's important to make it special especially after this last year of everybody just being in sweats at home like doing something even slightly out of the norm is more romantic yeah and even if it's going out to dinner yeah that is anything that is good <laughs> um so i planned it to i bought our dog a tuxedo oh. and so i knew i wanted him to be a part of it 
Uh-huh. I thought that would be fun if like she sees him in that and is like, what is this? And then I would do it. What's your dog's uh, name and what kind of dog is this? I need to visualize. Uh, Pinky and he's a little chihuahua. Mm, little rat dog. <laughs> and so he's got this tails and a little thing on. And we basically we went to my parents' house for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll do it there. I think mm-hmm. that'll be a good like Mother's Day gift too for the mothers. Oh, yeah, because Mom- they were very excited about it. Yeah, weddings are all about moms. Yeah, they loved it. Been, <laughs> they're all about it. Uh, so I told my sister to pretend as if she had got uh, Andy a birthday gift because also May fourth is my birthday and May sixth is her birthday. Oh, so okay. it was just our birthdays. Um, so she said, oh, Andy, I got you a gift, but it's an outfit for the dog. So I want to, I want, I wanted to put it on to show you, Joe, can you help me put it on so he doesn't freak out? And then we went in, put on our song through the Bluetooth speaker. I changed the dog and then came out with the dog. And of course she's like, oh, this is so weird. You got him a tuxedo, but that's so cute. And I'm like, hey, you should stand up to get a picture. Uh-huh. With him, and then once she stood up, I started talking to her, and you know, saying my my short speech because I could barely hold it together. Uh-huh. Like I literally wanted to fall, like collapse to the ground because I was so nervous I couldn't <laughs> even talk. Uh, my hands were shaking. Oh, it's a big moment. It's really big, and I was, you know, very confident she would say yes. But I, sure. there was still like, you know, a level of, uh, like, oh, what if she says no? Yeah, and you, you had know. people there too. Yeah, yeah, it's much more embarrassing. Than, <laughs> uh, so she did say no. Uh, no, she said yes, of course. And uh, But yeah, I was so nervous, more nervous than I've been in any time that I can remember, you know, yeah. even be- before shows, big shows, more nervous than that. But it must have been a big relief when she she said yes. Oh, yeah, it was great. And it was like, it was such a beautiful moment like even though we're surrounded by you know like four people I don't remember them being there for like that two minutes where we're just I said my thing we're talking she's like saying yes I can't believe it it really felt like one of those like there is nothing around us type of moments Um, and I remember like thinking that as I'm in the moment I was like this is fucking crazy (laughs) just enjoy this like don't even look back at your parents or or anything yeah. just enjoy this moment so it was really great and then I was very happy because like we had been opening presents leading up to that and I was just was not enjoying myself <laughs> I was like we need to get to the main attraction yeah yeah but so your was your sister the only one who knew or did everybody else know uh she was the only one who knew I was going to do it then and there the other people knew that I was going to do it at some point in our lives like that an engagement was on horizon but not mm-hmm. on that day okay that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I also um, recently got engaged a few months ago. So I was just like, uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy experience. <laughs> it is because, I don't know, it's so easy in a way. Yeah. You're like, shouldn't I have to sign a paper? Should... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's like, nothing oh, official. This is a handshake, basically, but with a ring. Yeah. So you're <laughs> like, whoa, this is like, really, there's still like so many conversations we still need to have about it. And not even like logistical conversations just feelings conversations of like isn't this so crazy and fun yeah this is happening yeah because it's yeah it's so new it's only been a few days but changing from the word boyfriend girlfriend to fiance 
Mm-hmm. Does it even like feel different to be in the relationship than it did before? Yeah. Is this some sort of new video game level for you guys? <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, it it does feel different, you know, even uh-huh. though I felt committed to her and I felt the same thing from her. Sure. It is still like a lot of people say they're committed. A lot of people feel committed. But then what does it really mean? You know, people, But are they going to put a ring on it? Yeah, are they going to do that? <laughs> it is like I don't even think the ring has to be crazy expensive if you really want to like do the gesture, you know, if you're in a been in a relationship for 10 years, 15 years and you're like there's so much stopping me from doing it. It's like dude, just get a cheapo and do it. Yeah, no, it's the like symbol. It. It's mm-hmm. what it represents. You know, uh, so I think that's really cool. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. Like, I just I'm, I'm a I'm a romantic. So I love hearing stories like this. And also, um, I think that a lot of people don't realize, like, even if you've been in a relationship forever, you can still feel those butterflies and feel so nervous mm-hmm. leading up to something like this. Yeah, it's like this weird, nervous, like very pure nerves, but uh, <laughs> also comfort at the same time. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And we actually are in uh, couples therapy together and it's a great thing. It's just a great thing. That's awesome that you guys are doing that. I uh, I've been in couples therapy before with um, exes. I definitely would like to go before getting married because I feel like there's just like certain things that are nice to iron out with a third party sitting there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, How often do you guys go and like how is. How's it working out for you? We were going once a week for a while and then tapered off because it was like, oh, there's nothing really going on here. And we've got the tools to just continue doing it on our own, you know, sitting down for an hour together every week or 30 minutes and just talking, seeing what comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really good. It, and I don't think a couple needs to be in crisis to do it. That's not really what it's about. I think... It's about kind of learning a new way to communicate with each other that you might not have done. Even if you are really open, you end up just finding out new things about yourself and the other person. You discover things about each other at the same time. You know, at the same time, I'm discovering something about my own ways. She's discovering it about me. So Mm. it's something we get to do together and then helps us to be like, oh, that's why you're that way. That's why you get upset when this sort of thing happens. It's because of that. Now I know that and we can work through that. Yeah, that's really awesome. What's a what, what's an example of maybe something that that we could that I could apply or anybody could apply when you're thinking about couples therapy and like communication techniques? It's interesting because my whole, my thing in general is I like to be straight up and honest mm-hmm. and just like if I tell you what I want from you or my desire or my not desire, I am straight up. I'm not, sure. I'm not doing a like, Oh, I hope they think that I don't mean that even though I said the opposite. I don't do that. A lot of people do do that. Um, guessers versus askers, essentially, you know, the people who g- grew up comfortable just asking anything, knowing they'd get a no and people who grew up guessing, and making people guess their wants. If you're in a relationship with two different people and you haven't figured that out about it, or those two different types are in a relationship and you haven't figured that out, that uh, that directness is actually, even though that's a good communication, it's not going to work, mm. right? Even though that should be, you'd be like, 
No, I'm being direct. Well, if the person's not used to that communication, it's not going to work. Right, so, right. Because maybe they don't, They even though you think you're doing them a favor by being completely direct and honest, they might take it as, whoa, that's, that's too much. Yeah. And they might think they're doing you a favor by putting guesswork and putting hints, but I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> what is this? Tell- what is this Jumanji? Like yeah. trying to go around and figure out the clues? An escape room? What is it? <laughs> um, so, like my my base is be straight up, but I don't think that works in uh, in a relationship. Or I would say that's not a a silver bullet in a relationship. So really, it's just like figuring out who this person really is and how they communicate. Yeah. And you only get that through talking and being like, you know, what's the thing that annoyed you this week about the person? Unfortunately, I mean, it sucks, but some of those things are still going to be annoyances, but you're going to understand them. So it's like, okay. Yeah. They're not bullshitting me. They're not, whatever they're doing is that's just who they are. So now I know I can, uh, I can communicate this way to them. Yeah. Well, any successful long-term relationship, I feel like it's like everybody's got something that is very annoying that they do. So you just have to find someone whose bullshit you are willing to to deal with. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be the things that they're not going to change. It's just yeah. them. And then there's things that they need to grow out of. There are going to be those two different things, but there sure. is going to be a category of things that are like, no, that's just. They say my wife in Borat's voice whenever <laughs> someone says my wife in any voice. My wife. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's it's tough because I think it just is having those big conversations of like, hey, what is it, what have I done that pissed you off this week? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, having those conversations compassionately. But you got to know because I think it's. It's easy to be like, all right, I'll just let that piss me off. And then that, you know, five years later, you're like, that really pisses me off. That really. <laughs> yeah. I'm making it sound like it. No, yeah. I get it. That makes sense. It, I, for me, I'm very like, I wouldn't say I'm confrontational, but I'm direct like you, where if something bothers me, like, I'm going to let you know, which yeah. sometimes gets me into trouble, but I do think overall is healthier than not saying anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think what I'm hearing from you is that we need to recognize our own communication style and then uh, also recognize how that might differ from our partner and figure out like, okay, how can I speak their language? Because just because this is the way I like to be talked to, maybe that's not how how they're receiving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Know who you're talking to. What was what's the most recent DMX quote? He said, uh, "Rest in peace." He said, uh, "Trust that you know them. Trust that you know your friends well, and that they will be themselves." Mm. So you know, if you know your friend, at its simplest, if you know your friend gets too drunk when you guys go out to the bar together and causes a scene, you know, you know they do that. Don't operate on the 5% chance they're not going to do that tonight at Jalapeno Pete's. <laughs> you know they're going to do it. And same thing with your, you know, your relationship, whatever it is, your friendships. Yeah. Trust that they're going to be their way. 
Yeah. And that you know that and operate as such. Yeah. And even on a positive note, you can like set them up for success. If you know, like, oh, in this certain situation, this is how this person feels comfortable and is able to shine. Then let's let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally true. And, and and that's the fine type rope walk of being making sure you're challenging your friends and your relationships in the good in the best ways while also being compassionate. Um, Because I've definitely spent years with certain friends, especially, or maybe even, uh, you know, significant other in relationships where you're kind of like letting them fuck up because you're like, well, whatever. (laughs) Like, what am I supposed to do? And then there comes a point where you're like, no, this person's in my life. I'm going to just like call them out. Yeah. Um, And then you overstep and then you correct and and all that. But uh, it is a fine line between all that. It's a delicate dance, for sure. I appreciate you coming on the show today, Joe. Before we go, uh, how can people find you? How can people read your writings and yes. uh, watch all your stuff online? I would say a great place to go is just my website. It'll take you everywhere, joecabello.com. That, you can find my comics on that, Bottoms Up Hard Liquor. Um, if you like um, horror and suspense, it's very suspenseful, while also being a little slice of life. So if you like to see fun characters hanging out with the shadow of death hanging over them, then that is the comic for you. Uh, Check it out at my website. You'll be able to find it easily. Cool. Yeah, we'll link that in the description as well as um, on the website on cryingbehindpod.com. It's a great site. (laughs) Yeah, no, I looked at it today. It's really cool. Uh, It's better than most people's uh, personal websites, so. Bravo. <laughs> I was talking about your site. So. Oh, my site. You were complimenting me. Yeah. Wow. See, I turned it around. I literally thought you were talking about yourself. I was like, yeah, your, your site is good. Oh, no. Well, I'm glad, to, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I certainly am. So when you said I took a look at it today, I was like, interesting. Do you not know what your site looks like? But oh, now that makes sense. Now, see? And see, this is a perfect example. We don't know how to communicate. We would be a very bad yeah. couple, Joe. You know? <laughs> Just we having gotta... two different conversations. <laughs> Happily. I know. We're both like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, wait. You and I, we are not talking about the same thing. Okay, well, back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah. It, all of it still stands. All the comments still stand. But. Absolutely. On my end as well. Well, awesome. Any last words of wisdom for, for uh, listens, listeners out there who might be struggling with anxiety or depression or anything like that? Yeah. One thing I do is like, I'll take a walk and just stop, look at leaves, look at trees and just be like, I could eat ice cream right now if I wanted. Things aren't so bad. Mm. I could go stop in a Walgreens right now there's no fucking landmines on the way. There's nothing going on. I can just go there and eat ice cream. Things are not bad. As long as we can do that, things are not so bad. Yes. Yes. That's the best part about being an adult. You can go and get ice cream anytime that you Hedonism. want. Hedonism. <laughs> you can be a hedonistic fool as an adult. Cool. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Joe or anything else that we talked about or uh, 
if you want to see some resources, you can check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com. And we've also got details in the description below. If you want to find me, I'm your host, Katie Dahl. And you can find me at Katie Dahl on Instagram and all the things. We also have our Facebook support group at facebook.com slash group slash cryingbehindpod. And you can check out the podcast on Instagram at cryingbehindpod. That's where I post different inspirational quotes and videos and interesting mental health memes. (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, then please don't forget to subscribe, rate, share this with a friend. And until next time, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny. (laughs) Yep, here, right.